Episode of Buzz Talk. Today is Wednesday, December 14th. As always, I'm your host, Kevin Henry, with my co-host Matt U. Violet. Matt, how you feeling? How's uh you, you get in the Christmas spirit yet? How how we doing? I am feeling pretty good. I got to go skiing this weekend. I went skiing all weekend till my legs fell off, which was incredible. Got to teach the lady. It was her first time ever, which was pretty fun. Went to a white elephant party. You know what a white elephant party is? I do. What'd you end up getting as a present? Made off like a bandit with a huge staff of fireball. Nice. Big old, I think I got like 16 fireballs maybe. Is it the one in the candy cane? It is the one in the candy cane. Yeah, yeah. So not that unique, but I actually had a ornaments full of fireball and I ended up getting those got stolen from me. And so I stole the other fireball from someone else. Was it pretty successful there? Was it just uh, a white elephant of alcohol? I think was it, was just, it was just alcohol. Yeah, it, it was, was all alcohol. We're young. We're boozing while we can, you know, before we start getting those deadly hangovers. But no, today I was at Trader Joe's and I got in the elevator and this old lady was next to me and I'm literally standing in the elevator and I just start hearing. I look over and she's just standing there, but she's breathing like a gosh darn radiator. So I wish the best of luck to that lady and I'm not necessarily looking forward to getting there. But wow. one more story time was I skiing. And I pick up this lady, or this lady falls, yeah. and I pick her up. And I say lady, she's probably our age. And she goes, she go, help me up, please, help me up, please. And I say, okay. And I helped her up. As soon as I help her up, she just eats dog, eats it again. And so she goes, oh, one more time, please, one more time. I say, okay, okay. I help her up again. Oh, no, but before I help her up the second time, she looks at me, and she goes, how good at skiing are you? And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm all right. I can stop. You know, I, I'm doing the old ho- hockey thing. I can get down the mountain quite fine and she goes i used to ski double black diamonds and i'm like clearly you didn't she was like slurring her words and stuff and oh, i was like hand bone i think she was a uh, doggy sauce johnson if you know what i mean so i was like clearly you did not either you you're either so drunk you can't did you just ski tell her or... did you just tell her she was a fraud and kept going i i was very tempted i was about to say how much you drink today lady you feeling good but then she goes um she goes oh hey can i can i follow you down the mountain like i, I don't know where to go and i'm like okay clearly you didn't ski double black diamonds if you don't know where to go but um so I'm I'm like okay go this way and so I'm trying to go down this easy way and she I just see her eat dog again and I just sped off I was like good luck <laughs> I was like good luck lady I'm out of here uh, so I was not all hopefully, about that hopefully she made it down yeah, so, the mountain so, herself um drunk skiing lady if you ever listen to this I hope you're doing all right so that's all I got for you Kev how about you uh, how are you doing uh, I'm good um my cousin just got married this past weekend a lot of fun uh looking forward to the holidays i'll be back coming back up north so um got a lot to look forward to obviously always have a lot to be grateful for but want to steer back onto the pod uh got a great show intact for everyone today uh we'll, we'll discuss into the monday night game pats cardinals uh we'll obviously do the week 15 power rankings uh you have your Celtics weekly segment, uh, not a great week for the Celtics, uh, 
coming off back-to-back -back losses, and they do play tonight. Uh, and then we're introducing a new segment, Buzz and Bees, uh, and that's going to be hopefully something we do uh, maybe once a month. Um, and that's we're going to be joined by Alex Lee and Griffin Stryker, two very knowledgeable uh, hockey fanatics that uh, I trust and go to for my Bruins uh, intake because I don't watch it as much as I would like to, uh, and I enjoy the NHL, but I'm a Fayweather fan when it comes to the regular, or excuse me, the playoffs. So um, I'm excited to to get our listeners some diversity in here, and then we will finish up uh, with Connor Meehan and I's picks. He'll be back. Um, Ethan Ennis did a tremendous job last week filling in for him. So a lot of a lot of good stuff. Uh, I like I like the direction we're going, uh, and it's only going to get better as we keep progressing. Great, let's do it. Sorry, I thought you were just going to go into it. No, you're good. Um, I'm not even going to edit it out because it's just natural, right? Maybe I'm the one for disabilities. <laughs> I was looking. I'm I'm looking at you, and obviously our our video doesn't <laughs> doesn't get uploaded. But I, I ended it, and I just you were just not looking at me. I was looking at the notes. I was getting my note. I was making sure I was going over my notes. I was hoping uh, you were going to take it away, and I, I was just playing. I was we we're at a stalemate because I wasn't going to talk until you did. So that'd have been good. Well, I guess it would have been funnier if people could see us just staring at each other, but <laughs> they probably would have thought that. I the pod a couple pods I listen to sometimes it goes quiet. I'm like this thing break, and then they're like, oh my bad, we, we forgot to speak. That's a pretty important <laughs> yeah. part. Pretty important uh, part in lost, the pod. Lost so, my brain for a second, but yeah, yeah. So uh, but show us uh, what's inside that beautiful brain with some Pat's knowledge. Good day for the. I mean, I guess good day is kind of maybe exaggeration, but a W day for the Pats. A W uh, for sure. Uh, first game of the West Coast trip. Uh, they beat the Cardinals twenty-seven to thirteen. Although uh, both teams bit by the injury bug, Kyler Murray, it's confirmed, torn ACL on the third play of the game, non-contact injury, um, something you never want to see. Uh, so, and that changed kind of the complexity of the game, and it obviously gave the Patriots one less thing to worry about. Obviously, his legs have <clears throat> always been a factor for him, uh, and the Patriots notoriously this year have not been able to uh, slowed down running quarterbacks, so uh, the defense w was able to feast. Uh, Josh Uche, three sacks, brings them to 10, uh, uh, 10 total sacks for the year. Judon even got in on the fun. Uh, he's at 14.5. I believe he's still the leader in sacks. Uh, Marcus Jones, another pretty impressive game. He had an interception, and he's actually, um, you know, this is a cool stat. It's nothing crazy, but uh, he is the first player in NFL history to have returned a punt, uh, caught a touch, a receiving touchdown, and uh, has made an interception. He's the only one to do that in a single season. Only six other people have done that uh, in their career. So he was the first one to do it in a complete season. Some of those people, it was pretty surprising. Randy Moss was on there, Deion Sanders, um, trying to think of a few more, but... Uh, still impressive nonetheless, and then the injuries for the Patriots started to pile up. Devontae Parker uh, gets a concussion, I believe, on the first or second drive. Stevenson, with an ankle injury, tried to return but could not. Uh, so with Stevenson being out, the 
two rookie running backs came in and played a pivotal role in our offense being successful, if you want to call it that. Uh, they both had a rushing touchdown. Mac Jones played decent. Um, but in totality, when I go back and look at this game, we're doing what we're supposed to do. We beat bad teams, and we can't beat good teams, and that's just not good enough. And on top of that, regardless of wins and losses, this team just isn't that fun to watch. I don't know if you feel the same way, but it just feels like the Cam Newton year where we're grinding it out, and it's just not not great product to watch, truthfully. Do you feel like the play calling improved at all last night? Not really. No. Same thing. And we didn't talk about last week how Bill mentioned it's kind of too late for a change, but I didn't know. And uh, I don't know if this is a hot take or um, a grumpy Pats fan, the rumblings I got this from, but was Matt Patricia also not that great at defense calling? No, he had a pretty successful defense when he was the DC. Um, I just, there's not much trust between the play calling and the quarterback and you know, Mac Jones, his tempers flared again on the field, which, I don't know, he he commented on it after the game. Uh, it's to flare his teammates up and all that. But, um, you know, I don't blame him. Like, he has every right to, to feel that way. And, you know, he, he's, he's regressed from last year because he's not being put in a position to succeed. And that's kind of the product that we're seeing here. It's almost like I'm watching the game and obviously not a great first half by any means, but you're just like hoping like, oh, we need a pick here. We need a good special teams play. Like if you're banking on that once a game, it's more so you get lucky. I mean, we've been fortunate enough to watch a Bill Belichick defense and special teams where that happens more often than other teams. Um, But if you're going to lean on that, and that's what it feels like we need. Like, we need a defensive touchdown or a big play. And that's just not how football always plays out. Usually it doesn't most times. I mean, I think you can get lucky once or twice, but if you're expecting to get lucky through an entire entire season, that's not what's going to – if you're just bank, like you said, banking on luck. So, yeah, it's a bummer. And But I guess the crazy part is um, I saw some headlines, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like – playoffs are not super super out of the question if we can get a couple more wins here no it's not but i mean essentially you have to win next week against vegas um you're gonna have to probably take two out of three against the top four teams in the afc i mean you're at home against the Bengals. that's kind of a game you have to win you're at home against the dolphins and then you're away at the bills you're gonna have to split the miami bills game if if you're going to beat the Bengals. So, I mean, the defense has been good, but it's shined against horrendous teams. The Cardinals are not a good team. And like I said, if Kyler Murray stays in that game. um, That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, that changes the whole way that game is played. I think the, the Cardinals probably put up more points and, you know, it could be more of a three-point win, and it, it just when that's kind of it, that's just the way it plays out in my head. Like I don't think it didn't look like we were that much better in the first half. We really weren't. We were losing going into halftime, 
if Kyler Murray played, you, you should expect at least to have one or two more touchdowns uh, on top of what they already had with Colt McCoy at the helm. I cannot believe that guy still exists. I remember you weren't um, on the call with some of our buddies last night. I saw that I was looking at the game. We were all watching the game, and I saw it was Colt McCoy, and I totally forgot he exists. So that's insane that he's still around. Yeah, he, he came into the league, like, late. Not and late, I mean, as in he's old. Uh, he, I think he was 24, and he came in the league in 2010, so 36 years old. I was going to say, he's 36. Uh, Maybe and, he didn't drop out. No, <laughs> but he's um, but he's still, like, a decent enough quarterback, and they trust him there. So uh, the defense, you know, the Pats defense was definitely uh, – too much for the Cardinals and DeAndre Hopkins kind of shifted that game. He was in, you know, he was an idiot for how he held that ball. You know, these are still professional players regardless. And if you're going to leave a ball one handed outside of your body like that, yeah, you're going to get stacked. You're, you're going to get stripped. And I thought it was funny. He kind of pounded out his chest like, yeah, that's on me. Um, yeah, no shit. It is on you. <laughs> <laughs> it is on you. No, I think, uh, I think about that when I play flag football. I run it with just one hand, and I'm like, yeah, this wouldn't work in the big league, so maybe my dreams aren't as uh, true as I think. But, no, I think, yeah, it's a bummer. I mean, uh, one of our fr- friends was saying this last night where it's like I see that you're not that excited about the playoffs even if we made it. And it's, I feel like l- intern and the athletes won't like this. Hopefully you guys don't listen. But the I feel like football and basketball are the two sports where luck's going to run out. And you can sneak by in baseball. You can sneak by in hockey. Um, and we'll see maybe where hockey guys disagree, but it's not going to work out. You're not going to. I mean, we, we, Bengals had a little bit of a Cinderella run last year, but it turns out maybe they're more legit than we thought. And this Pats team just isn't looking you know, overly legit. I mean, there, there is the, the thought of any given Sunday, right? But, <clears throat> I mean, when it comes down to it, you're the, the Patriots offense is mediocre there i don't see them getting this fixed their offensive line is bad and if you're going to rely on your defense to win you games i mean that's just not how the nfl is won anymore and that's kind of how this team has been ran this year and listen there's going to have to be coaching changes i don't i don't see this play calling benefiting anybody next year and i almost feel like the players probably rally around the common enemy and that's probably the coaching like that's what it kind of seems like when you hear them answer post-game interviews and you know credit to the players they they went out there and they had a they had a must-win game and they executed that but you know it's just tough because you think back on all the games that we've lost that probably you know how you know with we were in striking distance uh the vikings game the bears was you know we weren't close but that's a game uh on our schedule that you should win the Ravens even, you know, a late turnover by Aguilar. Th- those are the moments you you turn back to in retrospect. And it's like if we had one more win here, I mean, we'd be 8-5. and five. You really need two more wins so you could even go 2-3 and three down the stretch. Um, but you don't have that luxury, and you're going to have to beat good teams. And I'm not sure your offense – or excuse me – yeah, your offense is not going to be able to keep up with the scoring of the Josh Allens or the Joe Burrows. Or I know two has been struggling as of late, and they're going to be throwing in Foxborough. But I mean, they still have a very dynamic receiving core that I'm not sure we're 
we're going to be able to to stop, maybe slow down at best. So I, I try to be real. Obviously, at the end of the day, I want the Patriots to succeed week in, week out. But, um, you know, at this point, it's you're, you're fighting with the Jets and Chargers. So we'll see how this turns out. But it's not uh, it's still not looking great. And the pressure on this team to execute on a weekly basis is that more intensified. Part of me wants this all to be over just so I can see you smile again. I'm dying. No, I just I, I just want – it's more so like I never had Super Bowl aspirations coming into the year. It was more so I wanted to see a future. Like where is this team going? Not mm-hmm. our quarterback being regressed. Like that's, that's like pretty good. Like you have demeaning. with the Celtics you're excited about. Even last right. year we lost, you're excited about this year. Right. So – you know, and I was excited about the Pats even when they lost last year. Mac Jones played a pretty good game in the playoffs last year. Like, oh, I know, thought then we lose like forty-two seven. We got cr- we got crushed, oh, yeah. but Mac Jones but Matt, played well. Yeah, yeah. The the Bills scored on every possession. They had seven possessions, seven scores. So, um, defensively, uh, a hack job. But it's uh, I just don't know what the direction. It's similar to the Red Sox, honestly. It's like where are we going with this team? What kind of team can we build around Mac Jones? It doesn't seem like we're really utilizing all the tools to get everything we can out of him. And you kind of need to know next year if he's going to be your guy moving forward or not. And I'm not sure we're going to be in a position to give him a fair shot. What do you think right now if you're a Bill? Mac or no Mac? Probably Mac. I think he's a guy that can fit the system, but... You know, he's never going to be a top five guy. I, I never thought that. But, you know, he's someone that could sneak into the top ten year to year. And, you know, if and he doesn't that, turn the ball over, he'll be fine. And, yeah, I was going to say, you think – I was actually talking to someone at that White Elephant Party this weekend about it must be tough being, you know, a cream of the crop in college and then coming to the NFL. It's a different sport, you know, different right. game rather. And um, so I'm sure that's a little frustrating for him. But, you know, boo-hoo. <clears throat> It's so you think you think I, I guess it's such a such it's weird because we have the greatest quarterback of all time, our Lord and Savior, Tom. And so we've had such a we've you know had that top five guy mm-hmm. our whole life, our whole, you know, ever since our brains were able to form memories. But you think teams you, you I guess I guess I'm saying all this rambling is think you think a team can win a Super Bowl without a top five guy, because if he's not a top five guy, then do we need to keep searching? I mean you need to have the right team around them. That's kind of what it comes mm-hmm. down to. You're not going to – yeah, obviously I'd love to have a Mahomes and Allen, you know, look at what Jalen Hurts is doing because they've built the team around him. Um, and he also has an extra component to him in, in running. So I, I think it's possible. But, um, you know, if he, he can be even someone like Alex Smith, that would be great. But, no, he's not going to be the guy – I'm not sure he can still be that guy that – you're down two scores in a game and he can get you back without yeah. the defense, you know, killing you. Like, I just, I don't see that in him. But then again, I try to think of last year and, you know, it's still the, I don't think Mac Jones has won a game as a starting quarterback when the other team scores more than 25 points. Now, that's a, a, that's a good, problem. yeah, a good defense should not allow that much, but, it's the NFL in this day and age. Points are, are are a lot easier to get now, it seems like. So we'll see. Um, I do want to shift to the power rankings. Uh, do you have any more Patriots comments or thoughts? 
No, let's go ahead. Thanks for asking. It's really polite of you. Cool. Uh, I'll start 10, 10 up. Uh, new team into the top 10. Maybe a little controversial, but I think they belong there. Uh, they've won the- their last five out of six. Uh, and that would be the Detroit Lions beating a 10 and now three Minnesota Vikings team, 34-23. Uh, this Lions team has been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I still think they need a win out if they want to make the playoffs. Um, but I honestly think they are a top six, seven team in the NFC. Um, and it's been a fun story to, to watch. Uh, I'm impressed. And that's why the Titans are not a team that impresses me. The Jets, they're good, but not good enough. The Chargers, I need to see more of. They're the team that will probably get in there if they continue to win, which I expect them to. But uh, honestly, I like the Lions. Their defense has been playing a lot better, and their offense has been uh, its been getting better. So I'm going to put the Lions in a 10. The Dolphins coming in a 9, 8-5, and five, losing to the Chargers in L.A. That's their second straight loss on the West Coast. Um, Tua has looked not great. Uh, and if they need, if they have Super Bowl aspirations, Tua cannot play the way he has been playing. At number eight, the Ravens at nine and four, they just get by the Steelers 16, 14, uh, Tower Huntley, I believe went down. I don't even know the third strings name, but they still take one in the steel city at number seven, the Minnesota Vikings, 10 and three. Uh, they dropped a lot in these. I think losing to the Lions is not a good look for them. Um, and this Vikings team, just we they are who we thought they were. Their ceiling, I don't think, is very high. Um, I now put the 49ers and Eagles kind of in their own category as far as uh, Super Bowl favorites in the NFC. So a disappointing week for them. In front of them now, the 49ers, 9-4, decimating the Bucks. Uh 35-7, to Tom Brady, only his second game played in San Francisco ever. Uh, did not go as planned. Brock Purdy looked pretty good. I hate that I said that, but it's just too easy to, to not uh, get out there. So the 49ers, <clears throat> their team plays hard. They're very, very talented. They did lose Debo Samuel for probably three to four weeks, so hopefully he can get back and get healthy at five. Probably the hottest team in the NFL, the Bengals, 9-4, and four, beating the Browns. Deshaun Watson looked horrible. Uh, they won 23-10. At number four, the Cowboys uh, needed a late-game score to beat the Texans, but still finished the job. They won 27-3. The Cowboys are 9-4. and four. And then at number three, the Bills, 10-3, and three, beating the Jets. Uh that offense still isn't looking great, but overall, very talented team. Expect them to be there at the end. And at two, the Chiefs, they keep on winning. The Broncos actually made a formidable comeback, but came up short, uh, and they are officially eliminated from the playoffs. And at number one, a team that could potentially go 16-1 and is the 12-1 and one Eagles. They route the Giants at the Meadowlands 48-22. to 22. Matt, if you want to read it back to the fans, I would appreciate it. This guy needs a break. He's working hard out here. At number 10, we have the Lions, 6-7. and seven. Number 9, the Dolphins, 8-5. and five. The Ravens at number 8, 9-4. and four. The Vikings at number 7, 10-3. and three. 
the 49ers, 9-4 and four at number 6. At number 5, the Bengals, 9-4. and four. Kevin's making live edits. <laughs> Kevin's making live edits. <laughs> I, I, I looked as we back read. at the notes, and, and I saw the Cowboys, and I'm like, oh, I, I, did, I forgot to put their record in, and uh, it is 9-4, and four, though. So. Oh, I don't even notice that. Number 4, we have the Cowboys at 9-4. and four. Number 3, we have the Bills at 10-3. and three. Number 2. The Chiefs. Oh, so the Bills are ten and three. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, number two, we have the Chiefs ten and three, and number one, we have the Eagles. And to touch on your comment about the Lions, controversial. This is not the standings, baby. This is the power rankings. And if you're hot, you deserve to be on here. If you're hot, if you're buzzing, if you're not, and you're talking. If you're, if you're buzzing, yeah, you think you 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 like uh you you ran with talking's bad. So I guess kind of talking, uh, talking out that talk without walking that walk sort of. I was right. gonna say if you're, I was gonna say if you're buzzing, we're talking. Right. So the lions are buzzing. That's why we're talking. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it, it's um, interchangeable, right? Like I think it could be used in many different ways. Um, buzz talk, actually. I don't think we've ever shared the story. It was kind of just a dumb idea. We were probably getting high, whatever, doing something stupid back when our hoodlum days and uh you were either buzzing or you were talking you're either about it or you're not so that's actually where that originated from and uh it stuck and i think uh it was a clever name uh for the podcast just my thoughts you're a clever guy so that makes sense you want to talk about these uh, guys in green a little bit yeah i'll let you do that and then once we're done with that we'll shoot over into our Buzz and Bees segment, uh, like I said, Alex Lee and Griffin Shrek are going to join us. But, Matt, get it going with the green guys. Yeah, so we'll start off with some good news, then we have some bad news. So, like Kevin alluded to, and I don't even think it's bad news, actually, but maybe I'm just optimistic. So, like Kevin alluded to, not the hottest week for the Celtics. We went 1-2 and two this week with a win, with a not only a win, a st- another stomping um, at the yeah, Suns. Yeah, was crazy. <laughs> And then, yeah, another stomping. We had a friend say, oh, no way the Celtics win tonight. I said, it's the Celtics, buddy. Come on. And they stomped. And then the I must Celtics have been wrong. The or put some, yeah, yeah, the Celtics are the bows. Must have, put some, must have put some bad energy into there because then they got whooped a little bit. Not even, I mean, not even whooped. I'll talk about it in a little bit. But they lost to the Warriors. And then the Clippers gave them a little good beating. Um, I, think I, I think I got that Clippers score wrong on my notes. I think it was 103-19. Um, or 119. But, yeah, so we had a reality check this week. And... We had uh, you know great team win in in against the Suns. Tatum was talking about how there's a little bit of beef because they remember in in uh, I think it was in Phoenix the Suns have been winning a good bit against the Celtics recently. So Tatum says we have you. Tatum says we have your number, and they uh, they pretty much dominated. What's the number? Yeah, what's the number? Uh, I think it's your number. Bad luck for you. But no, I think they uh. they just got up early and then it became a team game. So I like uh, the quote Mazula kind of foreshadowed. He said, you know. Speaking about what the Celtics did to the Suns, this could happen to us. It might not, but we're going to go through some type of obstacles throughout the year. And I was wondering, Kev, Missoula, absolute man, or maybe a little too serious? Should we have some fun here? Kind of, kind of Bill. You're all good. It kind of Bill esque there. He was saying, uh, you know, don't celebrate too much. But I wonder if the players are kind of saying, hey, well, let's have some fun. Eh? Probably not though, because they want to win. But we talked about. I know. I already know your answer because you're a big like oh, we all should be. Big championship guy. You don't care about these regular season wins. I agree. Um, but I was watching that game live and watching them splash threes. And it, they, like, did not miss for, like, I swear, I, what was it, the second quarter? 
it was just insane to watch. It carried into the third quarter. Uh, I think the starters came out. I don't even think they played the fourth quarter. I could absolutely be wrong. I, I fell asleep before it, but uh, just an absolute splash show from those guys to start off the West Coast trip. Um, but obviously, the next two games did not go that way. A couple little tidbits. This one's for you. Cornette with the perfect six for six against the Suns, and a little bit go. less, a little bit less cool. Grant Williams also six for six. Wow. But not as cool as Cornette, though. And okay. I did notice not as much Pritchard as we want, and there wasn't all that much Pritchard in the Warriors or the Clippers game, so not sure what's going on there. But It's tough. It's really tough. And then I had this little tidbit out. Um, they One of the stuff I was reading about, they included this 41st sellout crowd in a row for <coughs> Phoenix. So I know we don't really have that problem. We don't really have that problem uh, for in Boston and you know some places, maybe like in New York or what. But, no, I think it's cool, especially in these. I wouldn't. I go. I wouldn't call Phoenix a small market. Phoenix is a massive city, but um, I feel like there's nothing more sad than like a a sports team where the people don't go and they're like the just pure. These athletes are playing. There's no fans. There's no right. support. A little strange. So I haven't. We haven't. You know, obviously being from Boston, and um, I haven't been out or not from Boston. Being from New England, rather, um, and I haven't been in Seattle long enough to see because we just got a new hockey team. But the I Kraken. obviously was. I wasn't here when. Um, you know when the Supersonics left and things like that. Allegedly, come allegedly we might have someone back in the next few years. We might have yeah, a team. Yeah, Seattle in the next will years. probably get another basketball team. Yeah, they'll so probably people, put one in Vegas and yeah, another so people, somewhere else. People love the sports here, but uh, no, I thought that was a little bit of cool tidbit. But yeah, but then the good times because that was eight of nine. We won eight of nine, right. and then the good times came to an end. And so yeah, I think it's just a really reality check. Um, I I have said here I'm a you know Warriors fanboy. Oh, I got I botched these scores this week. You're correcting me. <laughs> um, Warriors fanboy. I think that you know if I was a betting man, I would already I would already would have bet on the Warriors, even though uh, I'm not Celt- I'm a, you know I do a Celtics segment, but something about Steph, I just think he's God. Um, but did I get it right? Did you just change you, it back? Yeah, you got that right, but you did get. The, the Clippers wrong, right? The Clippers wrong, yeah. Okay, I looked at that and I was like, I, I, I mean, I saw the game last night and I was like, that scores. I'm looking at the score right now that I put on the notes. I'm like, that's not right. No, the because uh, the I think the Clippers game was the first, not the first. It might have been the second game this year. We have not scored over a hundred points. I think you're wrong about that. We did score a hundred points in the Clippers game. No, we didn't. Check it right now. We did not. Check it. Read me the score and then we'll see. One thirteen and ninety three. Nuh-uh. No way, is it? Yeah. Oh, well, I apologize. Um, apologize for this drop out here. No, I thought for some reason it was like 123-103, but no, I'm wrong. Um, no, and that's crazy, too, to me, because I'm telling you just with these high-scoring games, like, you know, 10 years ago, that would have been a normal game. But thank you, Steph. Um, and no, and I saw Draymond say, and not this isn't a Warriors pod, but I saw Draymond say, you know, we've been sluggish and we needed this dub. And I just think it, it, it just kind of put – re um, – re-energizes or whatever you want to call re- refreshes that whole vibe about uh warriors are legit and I, if you're betting i i've made money off the warriors if you're gonna bet i guess i actually probably can't give betting advice and it might be a good idea i'm not sure it's a good idea or not to bet on the warriors but it could be but um no i, I, the I first i'm sorry to interrupt that was the first game uh that they haven't scored 100 points uh this year nice well we like that and um so yeah, Brown had thirty one. That's you know that's a little silver lining. But yeah, we shot 43, 30, 73, You know from the uh, field goal three and what's it called free throw. But yeah, it's like I, I just think it's one of those things where you got to keep shooting. Like we shot, they shot. You know, 
beautifully eight <laughs> out of nine games in a row, so clearly that's going fine. And I think they know that too. It's the second time we've lost twice two in a row this season, which is you know obviously pretty great. We're consistently kind of winning three, four, five games at a time here. But yeah, you're not going to win. You're not going to be, especially the Warriors, where you're shooting thirty from three. Um, and even in that Clippers game, we shot twenty three percent from three. You know, which isn't yeah. going to get you anywhere. Yeah. And in the in the three ball world, that's not going to get you anywhere. But I just don't think it's a um, I don't think it's a call for an alarm. And I don't think I don't think they're going to worry too much either. I think they're just going to keep grinding it out. And mm-hmm. um, it, it'd be silly for them, given how well things are going, to think they're doing something wrong. It's just sports they're a probability game half of it you know that's why they have all these crazy analytics these days they just got to keep shooting and i think they know that mm-hmm. yeah it's um in summation i think it's time to come home right like that's it's a long time to be out west and um you know they they finish up with the lakers and hopefully we can get back home i think we'll have like a six seven game homestand so uh i think we'll be just fine However, uh, you know, we need to play more consistent. The, the Warriors game kind of makes me be hesitant. Like, you know, I feel like we've broken the mold a little bit um, of being like the younger Celtics, and then we go, we fall right back into the veterans teams are beating us. And, you know, maybe it's not something to get uh, overly alarmed about, but, um you know, that's the team that beat you last year. You think you'd have an extra pep in your step and uh, you kind of get wiped off the floor. So um, hopefully they can figure it out. I, I just don't want them going back to a team that lives and dies by the three because that is only good for so long. And I think the reason why the Celtics have been good this year is they've been so diverse in the ways that they can beat you. Um, so hopefully they can keep up that same energy. Yeah, and I mean, you had a hot night from. I mean, the the Warriors didn't shoot particularly well either. They you know they shot thirty three from three. Um, right. They did shoot fifty from the field, which is you know pretty solid. But, um, like you just said, if you're, I mean, I'm just thinking long term. We meet the Warriors in the finals, and you you have two cold nights in a row where you shoot twenty eight from the three, and now you're down two zero. So it's like that's hard to claw back from. So, no, and I think the little silver lining here we can wrap up get our Bruins brothers on the call is um sounds like it sounds like missoula won't really give too much but it sounds like robert williams is around the corner um sounds like he's practicing sounds like he's getting ready to you know, oh. make a little debut in the oh. new year yeah hopefully by the new year uh i yeah. know when he had the surgery they said they would expect christmas or the new year so it keeps kind of getting uh hinted and little eggshells keep dropping on that um i know al horford's out tonight so anthony davis mm-hmm. could have a big night uh did he get COVID? What happened with Al? Did I, I saw they just I, every, the reports I was reading just said like he's in the health and safety protocol. I, I just assume that means like COVID. Uh, yeah. If it says that, then yeah. Um, because yeah. if if it was non-COVID, they would list that. Yeah, they'd say like back strain or ankle, well, like well, things like that. Or if it's just like a regular illness, um, they would say uh, illness, not COVID, re- not COVID related. The health and safety protocol. Yeah. But no, I think uh, before let's get our fellows in here. I think did I have one more thing to say? If you do, that's uh, fine. They're um, nah, no, I don't think I, I don't think I had anything else to say. Let's get these fellows on here. Cool. Uh, so just to keep get us a reset here, um, we'll have Alex and Griffin on, ask them some good questions, get a get an overview of the NHL as well as the Bruins, uh, and then we'll get you guys out of here with the 
week 15 pick them. So um, that's it for the Matt and I segment. Let's get this show going. back at it uh new segment alert uh buzz and bees we're joined here with griffin striker alex leet uh two hockey guys um definitely needed the overview or at least the analytical knowledge from these guys uh i was actually thinking of intellectual knowledge not analytical but if you guys want to throw numbers in there go ahead uh i'll start it off uh first I want to get how, – how are we feeling? I want to read the room. I can't see Alex. I can only see Griff. Uh, Leet's gray, man. Um, Leet, how are we doing? I'll start with you, and I'll move to Griff. Doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, loving the fact that you say that we're the hockey guys. I appreciate that very much so. Must mean that you got a small group of friends, I'd say. No, I'm only kidding. No, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but our buddy Mitchell. So yeah, of course. Uh, also, he... just just an. No, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold up, hold up, hold up, Lee. Hold up. I love it though. This uh, guy's teed up. He's teed up. He he's ready to rumble. I love it. Uh, Griff, how we doing before we uh, we get fast paced moving here? I'm loving this. Go ahead, fellas, fellas, fellas. I I mean, I basically forgot. Maybe I should be the gray man because he clearly forgot I was even in the room. <laughs> But uh, yeah, pleasure to be here. It's good to see all of you. Uh, you know, I'm ready to get rolling. Let's let's th- get talking about the NHL and what's happening. Okay, so obviously we're we're doing this uh, via Riverside, um, and we're not in person. However, um, I'm going to ask you know you guys questions. You guys can kind of go, uh, you know, back and forth on it. I don't really have much of a take. I don't watch the bees as much. I know that. Um, Krejci came back this year, and we got a new coach. But talk to me like I am in first grade, like I'm stupid. So uh, you did drop out of school. Remember that? I did drop. Well, I didn't drop. Well, I did. I got my GED. Um, But anyways, I'll start it off off rip. What did you guys make of the Mitchell Miller situation uh, with a team that was playing so well and making a signing that probably wasn't even a high reward with such a high risk? Um, I'll, I'll let you guys kind of tell the viewers about that. One of you. Yeah, I would say in terms of Mitchell Miller, it's kind of one of those signings where it's definitely a head scratcher. You know, you kind of look towards upper management where you say, you know, wh- why bring in all the media and all the controversy that, you know, he kind of brought. I know Mitchell Miller, phenomenal hockey sensation. I mean, he right now he's playing in the USHL and he leads, you know, defensemen in points. You know, that's something that, you know, the bees are definitely looking to always bring in talent, but it's just not one of those things where I would agree with. You know, you have your core group and core leadership group in Krejci, Martian, um, and Bergeron. You know, they mm-hmm. specifically asked you know, and put it to the group, you know, about the signing and even before it 
um, you know, hey, if we bring in this kid, what do you think? And they declined. They were like, no, we don't, we don't need this in our room. It's not right. a type of personality that we want in the room, um, especially when you're having a season that they've had, you know, with 20 games. You know, within the 20 games, we were, you know, like 18 and 2. Yeah, That's exactly. unheard of. It's their best start in franchise history. And it's one of the best starts in NHL history. So, um, you know, you definitely got to kind of look at them. It's a, definitely not a good look on Don Sweeney's ends. You know, I can see, you know, we definitely have traded away a lot of our picks and stuff. So, you know, it's him trying to maybe make up for it. But, you know, when your core leadership group and things are going well currently, you know, why kind of stir the pot and kind of mess with that and take the, you know, the shine off of what we've had so far at the year. So I definitely wouldn't agree with it, but at least we kind of went through and, you know, obviously a couple of days later, I believe on that Sunday, we got, you know, signed, unsigned them and, you know, got rid of them. So I think a lot of people were, you know, happy that did happen. It's just questioned on why it happened in the first place and why it took a little bit longer than expected to kind of get them out of the organization. Yeah, it, it didn't even seem like they did their research. And, you know, I, I did like how the – the, the players came out and, you know, whether it was post-game interviews or whatever, and they kind of s- stood against it. Because um, that, I mean, it's just why are you throwing a wrench in something that is going so well sort of thing, right? So, um, Lee, I don't know if you have anything to add, but I, I just yeah. thought it was a very so fascinating story and something it. that the Bruins did very fast. Yeah, absolutely. No, so go ahead. Sorry, Kevin. So I've been, I've been, I was glad I was able to mute my mic over here because I've been laughing about how badly that intro was. I was so distracted by the camera. I was trying to get it going. I oh, thought it was we, horrible. I thought we right it was, that it intro was, is it hilarious. Was horrible. I've been laughing about it, and I'm sorry about that. It's just too funny. But chalking it back up to what we were talking. Basically, <laughs> no, you're good. That's that's me all the way. I, you can't you can't make it up. It's such a hot start. It's too funny. So, you know, you bring it – the one thing I had to say is I can't – I ultimately can't imagine inflicting that amount of emotional pain that this – that is supposedly, you know, um, Miller infl- you know, inflicted on this this, student, this classmate of his. So at the end of the right. day, it's just – Neely says it was a decision that they, did, that they didn't take lightly and that they, you know, based on everything that they looked into, he deserved a second chance. So it ends up being, at the end of the day, your own morals, your own values. Do you look at that and say – uh, you know that he deserves a second chance after what you know, or do you say no? Totally unacceptable. Not something that we want part of us. And I think that no matter what, it doesn't matter what sport, what organization, what uh, industry you're in. That's basically what, how I think you have to look at it. Does he deserve a second chance? Sure. Uh, if you feel that way, okay. And then if, if it's a group decision that he doesn't feel that that he doesn't deserve that, then keep him out of your organization. Yeah, uh, it, it was just. I'm happy we're past it because I, I do listen to a lot of like local sports radio uh, up in New England, and that's that was the story, and it, it just overlapped the amazing success that the the Bruins got off to, and I kind of want to transition into that um, for purposes since I can't see you, Lee. I'm gonna just go by like I'll ask, I'll let you know who I'm asking the question because. You know, if we were able to see each other, it'd be easier, and that's why we're definitely having you guys back on. But it's it's not it's not detrimental to to this episode. Uh, yeah, Kev, can I say something? Go ahead, absolutely. So Kevin took my question and then just didn't get my take. So I was, <laughs> was kind of crazy. Um, no, it was weird that they threw the wrench in there. I'm not gonna go and you know beat the dead horse, but um, and I'm not also not gonna get all you know wishy washy political either. But it's just 
it was a bummer because um, I looked into it a lot more, and it sounds like the kid's not even sorry. And so it seems like the kid needs to have a couple years in the mirror because um, it sounds like he's it, kind of blackballed for the next couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the you said that Coyotes are kind of a, a sketchy organization in terms of their morals, and then that the bees are dropping them too. So um, I know I know the three of you. I know we've not always done incredible things growing up, um, and I don't think you should judge people on things they do when they're kids. But at the same time, it's like – he, he got to the point where he knows uh, what he did was wrong. It sounds like he doesn't even care. So I, I hope he can look in the mirror because and, and obviously he's a, a talented kid. So I hope he looks in the mirror and can get that part right. But that's all I had to say. Uh, and that's a good point, Matt. You you were the one who put that on there. I was just – that was such a, a good topic that we – I mean, it's kind of been in the in the past now. So I, I wanted to get their take on it. But – this is the good stuff. Obviously, with the start they've gone out to, most points in the league. Uh, Griff, I'll, I'll let you start us off here. What do you think this Bruins ceiling is going forward? Yeah, I think, you know, going into the start of the season, I didn't have a, many high hopes. New coach coming in, Jim Montgomery. With, and additionally, starting out, we didn't have three of our best players in Charlie McAvoy for the first two months of the se- season. We didn't have Matt Grizzlick, and you know we didn't have Brad Marchand. Those are three key key pieces to our core group, um, and you know top six guys. At the end of the day, they put up a lot of points. They eat up a lot of minutes. Um, when you know we started winning game first, you know couple of games, I was like, wow, we look very good. We look like a fresh, you know, fresh look on the game and a fresh kind of group here. I think with the way, you know, looking back on the first, let's say, 27 games that have, you know, uh, transpired here, our ceiling, I think personally, like, we could win the cup. Um, We're very, very deep. You know, we roll four lines consistently. And when you have a third line of, you know, Charlie Coyle, Taylor Hall, and, you know, um, Jake DeBrusque or Trent Frederick, they switch them kind of back and forth. That is insane. Taylor Hall was a... Art Ross Trophy winner, you know, back in the day. <laughs> like, what is that? What is that? I don't, I don't even know what that means. Art Ross Trophy winner is uh, the most, you know, points in the league. So, like, okay. that's ins- yeah. that is actually bonkers. Yeah. So, um, it's just crazy to have, you know, back in the day, that's someone third. That's a third liner right. on our team. Right. That's it's shows a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, I definitely think that you know with those you know lines there when you have pasta with Krejci and you know Zaka that's pretty solid they've been putting up points like we're getting contribution from everyone in the lineup and that's something that we haven't seen Elias Lindholm um, or Hampus Lindholm I should say is another key addition that we picked up last year as well and I think our defense is you know unstoppable uh, with a lot of depth, size, and, you know, you can tell that they're not really afraid to turn the puck over. They rush the puck a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, they think more offensively, which I feel like with Bruce in the past, you know, it, ha- it wasn't that way specifically. So I kind of new look on the game. Um, being very deep, I think, you know, we definitely have a chance to make a solid run. Good. And, and Lee, I, I kind of wanted – what like what's the identity of this team and do you think that they can keep winning at this kind of pace uh for the rest of the year yeah i i would say so 
I would also go back and, and uh, uh, Art Ross, Taylor Hall, Hart Trophy. So little little mistake there on Griff. Probably just made a mistake about Hart Trophy. Hart Trophy. Yep. MB, uh, not MVP. Um, most points Hart. No, no one's uh, perfect. Yeah, and uh, furthermore, the the yeah, can the can the team pick it up? Can they sustain us? Of course. I mean, you would have so you would have to look back, right? You can compare this to maybe the 2018, 2019 Tampa Bay Lightning, or the uh, 2015, 2016 Washington Capitals, or even for, like even you know <coughs> years, even sooner the Colorado Avalanche last year, just rolling through teams, rolling through teams early on, looking a lot, mm-hmm. you know, looking very very good, right off the bat. I think the most significant thing at this point, or maybe like one of the most important stats that you can see, you know, see so far is the goal differential between the Bruins. That's one of the biggest things that everyone's talking about right now. And you know, they're plus 48. They mm-hmm. scored 48 more goals this year than they have let in. That's huge. That's the, the other teams that even come close to that would be uh, the Maple Leafs at 23 and the Devils. At, well, the Devils at 36, who is another team that's setting records this year. Um, and the uh, le- the Leafs at 23. So yeah. other than that, all these teams are putting way less goals in than they're mm. in than they're scoring. You know, they're conceding, and that's making a big difference. Um, can they keep it up? Of course. Yeah. I absolutely think so. Yeah, and and Griff alluded. Alu- yeah, Griff alluded to it, and this is something I picked up like listening to Boston radio. Is they're a very high paced team and. They were kind of saying how that might not transition well into the playoffs. Lee, would you agree with that? And you know what makes this team so distinct uh, from the rest of the league? I know the Devils are are neck and neck with them, but I'm just curious on that because of how well they have been playing for this whole year. Yeah, I think a lot of that is is okay. So last year maybe when uh, they were juggling lines, I guess you could say. To get some guys to get some guys to produce, they were putting guys together, hoping that they would get some fire under them, and, and they would keep that core three together. And I think that this year, where you have this kind of what Griffin was mentioning before, extreme depth. I think you look around the league, and there's a lot of different guys uh, playing on third and fourth lines who are scoring points. Uh, maybe he's in the dozens of points now. A lot of even young rookie players coming into the league and making a difference. Uh, but you know, it's. It's, it's, it's the experience, it's the, it's the group that they have now that I think they've been playing together for the past couple of years that know what it takes to get to the, the cup and know what it takes to you know to go to, go to the distance. I think that's making the biggest difference at the moment. Good. Uh, Matt, I'll let you take the reins here. Uh, if you have any questions, I just wanted to facilitate it um, to get it jumping. But if you have any questions or anything else on there, uh, fire away at these guys. Oh, gosh. No, I think, um, Griff, I'll shoot one at you. So Kevin kind of mentioned on his notes. I've seen, I mean, as long as I've been playing NHL 13, NHL 2012, of course, I was pretty good at the top shed snides. I've been seeing names like Krejci. I've been seeing names like Bergeron. So how do you think these guys still have a few more years in them? Or do you think they're kind of getting uh, getting to the end and kind of re- reaching for that last cup? Yeah, good question for sure. Can you name the players on the NHL covers of 12 and 13? Because I know I can. Oh, um. Giroux, Claude Giroux is one of them, right? Bingo, thirteen. You yep. like that? You, you like that? Um, yeah. I don't, I don't have a shot at twelve. I just have I have Giroux's uh, face, just like just what's called uh, branded into my brain. Yeah. No. Hey, I mean, with the amount that you played thirteen with all those top Chet Snides, I can imagine for sure. Leader, I know you know NHL twelve, the cover. Oh yeah. Who is it? 
Steven <laughs> Stammer. Matt was the uh, big uh, Sedin brothers. He, he loved oh, the I Sedin love those brothers. guys. Oh, I think Sedins. that's how they went to the Hall of Fame recently. Yeah, they uh, they did. Both of them, and that brought up some other things with the media in terms of Boston, Vancouver, you know, debacle within 2011 and stuff like that too. So, um, but yeah, no, definitely two two great players. And then kind of getting back to your question in terms of, you know, do they? Is it this their last like kind of kick at the can per se? I mean, I I'm probably not the only one that thinks with David Krejci with what he's doing especially with being taking a year stepping away from the NHL. I, I never, he's looked better than he's ever had that like throughout his whole career. So um, I think with the core group, I do think, yes, this might be our last kick of the can, but it's not because of age. I would say it's more because of cap reasons. Uh, the bees are up against the cap pretty well. We have to sign pasta and that's, you know, he's definitely going to be asking for a minimum of eight years, 10 mil. You know, that I think they're calling for a similar signing where, like, Jonathan Huberdeau, who had just signed with the Calgary Flames. Um, and that's just kind of a stim- similar stature to what Pasta is kind of bringing to the table to and to our lineup. So in terms of age, I do think Bergeron and Krejci can definitely play maybe one or two more years. I would love for them to play more, but it realistically with – the game getting faster and you know obviously their bodies only being able to take a certain amount of runs to the cup because it is grueling i would say probably two two more years ideally um but in my opinion i think this is the year with the start that we've had the group that we had the kind of connection and um kind of the feels in the room is where we need to kind of go out and, and go and get it this is the year for it for sure oh thanks for that analysis griffin well, I guess you want to go a little more NHL, or do you have any more Bruins questions, Kev? Uh, no, unless Leet has anything else to add. Um, I think that covers it. You know, we're you guys, sorry. Go ahead. You, you guys been to a game yet? Oh, yeah. yeah, we uh, we actually went this past Monday, leader, and secured us some pretty sick seats with the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. That was the two top teams in the league for sure. Maz is booming. Uh, I was gonna say that that, Ma- that Maz box. Yeah, that Maz box, support baby. It. If you're listening to this and you don't support Maz, get out of here. <laughs> yes, appreciate that, we'll keep you, but please go support Moss. Nah, the, 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 Shout out to Mr. <laughs> I actually saw him coming in for a nice cup of coffee maybe, today. Maybe we'll get sponsored. Yeah, maybe, maybe. He, uh, he definitely, he, he, uh, he's listening. he loved going there and getting the country sandwich sometimes. Uh, the Charisse he goes crazy for. He's loving that. He's loving that. I know he's too. You know, you know his order better than I, knew, I do. I had to give a shout out after, after seeing him coming today. Guy comes in today. You know, what are the chances that I'd be on the pod later on that night? Come on, I can't make that up. You got the you got the old uh, bull. Now you're getting the young buck. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that, Kev. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I do just... want to transition. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, real quick, real quick. You know, last year, Go ahead, 26 Lee. games, Jake DeBrusque, eight goals. This year, 20 points. He's got two right off the rip tonight. He's buzzing. The bees are buzzing. The league's a whole lot of fun to watch. There's a lot of young guys in there. It's it's just a huge, it's a huge, it's a huge mix, huge market. Like, you know, people just need to tune in. Like, everyone's tuning into, you know, playoff hockey. You know, tune in right now and try to figure out the identity of the team. It's, it's just a lot of fun. It's just fun to get into. Get after it. Just keep buzzing. Yeah, I um, 
I, I definitely need to to push myself and watch it more because I enjoy it. But um, <laughs> we'll, we'll close out with this because I wanted to kind of get a little NHL overview. Um, first, I'll, I'll start uh, – Who? I'll go to you, Griff. Who are the contenders? And then, Lee, you can piggyback once uh, Griff's done. Yeah, in terms of contenders, I mean, as it stands right now, I would say, you know, New Jersey, Boston, Pittsburgh, Carolina, and Tampa from, um, you know, the East. And then I would say, you know, the two wild cards that would get in within that Eastern Conference. Uh, I be- as it stands now, I think it's going to be the two New York teams. Detroit's right there. It, it's so tough that, like, the Penguins, in my opinion, are can be a dangerous team with the group, core group that they have. They're very similar to the Bruins where they're trying to kind of make you, making one last go with it with Crosby and, you know, Malkin, Latang, uh, and that whole group for sure. And then, you know, with the Western Conference, you know, Colorado is another team that is just dangerous, you know, and they, although they won the cup, I know they're battling some injuries now here too. Um, you know, they're, if they, they could sneak in as an eight seed and, you know, definitely do some damage, you'll have Vegas out there in the West, uh, Winnipeg, Dallas, Seattle, Los Angeles, I'd say, Minnesota as well. Um, you know, those are all – there's not a bad game. I think going back to what Lee was saying is it's so tight. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. You do have Vegas, New Jersey, and Boston have gotten out to six starts where they're kind of way ahead of everybody for the most part. Mm-hmm. But everyone else – you know, it's it's pretty close. I mean, you look at the top seed in the West, it's 41 points. The second seed, second, third, fourth, and fifth seed are all at 37 to 35 points. I mean, that realistically isn't that far off. So um, those would kind of be my contenders in terms of, you know, who I would expect to make the playoffs, um, you know, and that's kind of where, where they stand right now too. Lee, do you have any anything else there that you would think? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, would, I would completely agree. I would say that much like any sport, uh, yeah, much like any sport, sure, injuries will take into effect. Guys will get hurt, and that will—that's when I, that, you know, the season I think really uh, takes place is when teams start losing players and you try to fill, you know, fill your pieces to your puzzle. And to me, that's uh, one, you know, one of the most important things in hockey. And that's kind of what we were talking about earlier with the Bruins' depth. I think that's what makes them so great. And I think that's what you'll find what will make other teams great in the playoffs: depth, being able to turn to third line guys to fill in roles when they have their top guys out and um yeah i mean griffin named the you know he named the top dogs he i don't i don't know if he really hit on the fact that uh uh i mean it's you got to talk canadian teams i think that's one of the biggest stories in the nhl right now is which canadian team is going to break through and i think a lot of the canadian teams have a lot of pressure on them because they've won a cup since I don't, I should know the year. We should all know the year. It's so bad, but it, it hasn't been in the. It hasn't been twenty years. They haven't won a cup in twenty years. I know that. So in the two thousands, at least. Oh my so, god! Really? That's in yeah. decades, Yes. So there's a lot of pressure on those Canadian teams to come through, and I think you know you have to think that it's going to happen. Just statistically, right? Like, what are the chances that Winnipeg, that Toronto, really isn't going to make a push, or even Calgary really isn't going to make a push? I mean, it just. I don't know. I, it, it's tough to bet against because it's going to have to happen. Or Edmonton. Um, I don't want it to happen necessarily, but I guess that I don't know if that makes, if I should say that. But uh, yeah, I think that's part of it too. Like, which which one of these Canadians <laughs> is going to break through? 
Yeah. Um, I, I think the most fascinating storyline year in, year out is how the how Toronto just cannot get out of the first round. Can one of you guys answer me why they can't do it? Like, is it just they are they're axed or they just literally have voodoo going on? Like, it's the craziest thing. Uh, it hasn't been in, like, what, over 10 years or 20 years they've gone out of the first round? Yeah, I uh, believe it's, like, it's over 10. I want to say it's 10 or 12. Yeah. yeah. I, and to, with that, I think it's so funny. So, yeah, literally. But. I mean, I hear nonstop Maple Leafs talk from the freaking guy that is in the room next to me. Who knows if he's a real fan or not? I'll just, we'll leave that up to everybody else. So, it's yeah, not that relevant. <laughs> um, but I don't know with the Leafs, man. I, I especially last year, I thought that that was their year to to really push through. I mean, they took the Lightning to seven games, and I they I really thought they played well enough in that game seven to win. Last year was really kind of just goaltending, and I think that's been a big thing for them as well in the past you know they don't have they haven't had the best goaltenders and with Matthews Marner you know Morgan Riley as their core group and even William Nylander I think there's been a lot of controversy in terms of they've all been so young I mean they haven't really been exposed to a lot and you know now with their you know fourth fifth year in the league you know they definitely have gotten exposed to a little bit more I would hope personally that they would get out of the first round ideally i would love to see a boston toronto matchup where we can knock them out again but a lot of it's the pressure i just don't think you know when you're in toronto they're in the media constantly when you're walking down the street to toronto like you like you are the face of like the country essentially mm-hmm. with yeah. austin matthews and mitch marner so that's a lot of pressure to kind of put on them and i'd say mcdavid from edmonton has the same you know issue it's all i think it's all the pressure the media of the canada puts on them which you know kind of affects the play and and stuff like that let alone that lineup that they're dealing with right which makes sense um all right two more things here uh i each want you guys to give me one dark horse and then uh you can give me your dark horse and then give me the winners of each conference and your stanley cup winners i'm putting you on the spot so uh lee i'll start with you Okay, so uh, comp- a dark horse, I mean, is it appropriate to, I mean, if you really define yep. what a dark horse is, are we saying dark horse is... That can win is the cup. A, is it is exp- exceeding expectations? Are we saying that the dark horse is someone that no one thought uh, thought in a million years would... Because if you say... If you say that the Bruins are a dark horse and you define dark horse as exceeding expectations, then that's my call. If you're saying uh, someone that's out of you know, if they if they go far deep into the playoffs, you can you know, someone say, oh, I never saw that coming. Um, I mean, yeah, that. Okay, so I guess you could say. Um, maybe in Montreal. A, Canadian, a true Canadian okay. team coming through the uh, I'm curious. A, I, you know, a team that could get hot. Uh, yeah, you know, a, a young team I think could, yeah, I mean, yeah. other than that. But, I mean, the Bruins are my dark horse exceeding expectations. Conference winners, Eastern Conference, I'm saying Bruins. And Stanley Cup winner, I'm saying Bruins. But that's an easy take. Um, conference winners, I say, could go Toronto. Right. Could go Toronto. I think that, I think that at some point, Austin Matthews, he has to, Mitch Marner, I'm – 
I can't. I, I don't understand how those how Mitch Marner scores and and produces the way he does. Twenty two game point streak, I believe he's on. I mean, it's just unreal. Toronto Maple Leaf record. I mean, I don't. He's he's just so. If you look at him, you would never in a million years think that that man could do what he's doing in the NHL just by his stature. So skinny, so scrawny, but clearly it works. So you have to think that eventually him and the American-born Austin Matthews, who I yeah. play hard for, are going to come through <coughs> for the meat for the Leafs. And uh, yeah, West. Who do you, who do you got out of the Western Conference? West. I'm going Canadian team again. Montreal. I mean, uh, Winnipeg Jets. Division uh, title. Winnipeg Jets. Stanley Cup. Paul and. Dark horse of the, of the uh, West, probably Minnesota Wild. Okay, who's your who, and the Bruins are your Stanley Cup pick? You're not going to move no. off that. No, I think they, they have to have it. This Good point. Austin, ride or die. Fairy tale, fairy tale Bruins. Last go, last last run with this core. New coach. It's, it's got to be it. Come on, like if you watch this team, like you got to feel it. You gotta feel it. Um, Whole city of Boston like feels it. There's, this, there's weird. There's magic in the air. Agreed. It is. It is. Absolutely. Um, Griff. Griff, I'll move over to you. Uh, give me a dark horse team, and then give me your Eastern Conference, Western Conference winners, and your Stanley Cup winner. Yeah, dark horse team. I'm gonna go with the Dallas Stars. I don't think a lot of people talk about them. I mean, hockey in Texas. I mean, who's really going to be watching that for the most part? Right. But when you got, you know, Tyler Sagan, former Bruin, um, you know, Jamie Benn, and then, you know, Jason Robinson or Robertson, um, I mean, he is just absolutely ripping it up with He's got 42 points in, I think, 29 games. Um, and they just freshly signed him. He didn't have any training camp at all. He just literally just put on the skates game one and went off from there. So I would definitely think Dallas is a contender and just – Probably my dark horse team for the NHL. Coming out of the West, I'll start with them. I will – I I definitely want to say Minnesota is one, but I'm going to go with uh, the Los Angeles Kings. I think they have a lot of young talent. I think they can – if they can get the goaltending from Jonathan Quick, um, they definitely can make a run. I mean, Drew Doughty. They have um, a solid back end with with him leading kind of that group. And then Anze Kopitar is one of the best centers in the league, um, you know, uh, just pretty much all around in terms of offensive and defensively wise. They kind of call him the Patrice Bergeron of the West um, specifically. So I think my Kings would probably, you know, come out of the West there. Uh, in terms of the East, you know, I'm going to be right there with Lee. I would love for the Bees. I think, you know, as we were saying, magic is in the air. I would love for them to, you know, to come out of the East. It is going to be very tough. Um, you know, I'm rooting for them, but I would say the Pittsburgh Penguins come out of the East this year. You know, I think it's also their last run, last kick of the can. Matt knows probably from, you know, NHL 12 and 13. Unreal team to play with. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you said the guys, uh, Malkin and then uh, Latang, and I was like, oh, it's the same guys. <laughs> same guys. It's it's great. Hockey always blows my mind with that. It feels like these guys last forever. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think with with that core group as well, you know, Jake Getzel playing with Crosby, they're 
unstoppable. And I think that they're going to be, you know, forced to be reckoned with, you know, in that Eastern conference, uh, cup winner. I'm going to go with the bees. I'll stay at home. Um, I think we're going to keep that magic in the air. I think this is the, the year to do it, make up for that painful 2019 loss to the St. Louis blues. I'm still not over it, but I think, uh, yeah, those would be my, my top picks. Okay. Well, um, Matt, I don't know if you have any other questions before we get them out of here. Um, I just want to say this has been a lot of fun. Little technical difficulties, but that's that's something we can get squared away. And uh, if you've been listening to this show, you know we've, we've had our issues, never mind with having guests on. But this is definitely something I want to incorporate on a monthly basis, kind of get a bees update, a little who's buzzing, who's talking. Um, that's where I want this to go. And uh, if Lee can figure out his uh, video situation, I think we'll be buzzing more than just talking as a, as a gray man. Yeah, no, I got nothing I to say I mean, besides that. I appreciate you fellas coming on. We really love it. Appreciate you fellas. Thank you very much for having us. I mean, it's 2022. You can have it, <laughs> it. it figured out over here. I mean, that's also funny. There's a lot of things that we could be doing, a whole lot of illegal stuff too, and we're over here talking sports, so you got to love that, boys. Productive stuff is what we're about. Um, I think Elite just left us, but, um, you know. He's over and out. Hey. He, he, he's short he's straight to the point we gotta love it um there'll be some editing on this on this segment but uh no definitely a lot of fun uh that's all we have for for this segment um we appreciate it griff uh matt if you have any closing remarks before we get to pickums uh take it away nothing thank you guys everyone uh the audience for listening thank you for the griff the elite for coming on and giving us your thoughts we really appreciate that Thanks, fellas. Appreciate you having me. We'll be back. Yes, you will. All right, take it easy. And we're back. Another week of NFL Pickums. Uh Connor Meehan is back with me today. Uh it you know definitely great to have him back. Ethan did a, a phenomenal uh job in filling in for Connor, but there's uh there's just no one like the meat, so definitely happy to have him back. Connor, how was your trip in the Bahamas? The Bahamas was good. It was good. It was a much needed time away. Um you know, hated missing it uh appreciate shout out to ethan for for filling in i you know almost couldn't have done it better myself it was flawless a lot of great insight so excited to have him back in the future um but yeah felt weird not being on uh but it was good to get away so happy to be back good well finally uh you know i can i can talk some smack i'm not i'm not totally back in the standings by any means but uh last week uh, i went nine and four Connor six and seven uh, definitely needed to get back to the drawing board and uh, fight me off from climbing back in this thing uh, total records now Connor 129 and 76 myself at 123 and 83 so uh, you still got a sizable six and a half game lead on me but or five and a half I don't know six and a half six, six and a half thank you yep. uh, so still a very sizable lead 
Um, but I am playing for my pride and my dignity, and hopefully, uh, you know, numbers will prevail. Uh, also, Connor was knocked down from a bye week in our league. He lost uh, because of the Patriots' defense. So, just wanted to add that in there. Um, I know that one's tough. Probably more tough than this. Yeah, I mean, both both are tough. I mean, you know, I actually that was such a bad week uh, that I haven't experienced <laughs> ever on this podcast. So I I really had to spend some time kind of researching and some really difficult picks this week. But yeah, it yeah. definitely sucks losing a fantasy game. And having to root against your team's defense. I was literally like, I said, fuck, when the Patriots <laughs> had their second pick. And Miriam was like, why are you, why are you pissed? So that was weird. I'm never doing that again. But, uh, but yeah, new week. New, new week. New, uh, you know, flipping the page. There we go. Well, you make a good point. So no more bye weeks. Uh, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Um, we're starting to now see where teams are going to fit into the playoff picture um i do want to spend a little time at the end on that um but nothing crazy we'll probably get more into it as we come uh to the season's end here but these games weren't all that easy i feel like we're gonna have different picks um maybe more than usual I, i i i sat down today this morning when i got into work and i looked and i'm like you know they're not like the most sexy games on paper but like just some of these games you can see going different ways. So um, we'll get this started. Uh, A Thursday night uh, interdivision bout. The 49ers, uh, 9-4, obviously dismantled the Bucs going into Seattle at 7-6. Seattle is fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, They're fighting off the – they're actually out of the playoffs, I think, as of right now. Is that correct? I was just had it pulled up. Let me confirm. They are uh, the Seahawks. Yes. Yeah, they're out uh, by a game. Not even a half game. It's literally out by a tie. So a quarter yeah. of a game. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Um, how I always picture it is if the team basically like they have one more loss, but if like the the Giants lose, yeah, it's weird. I actually. I don't understand how that works in like yeah. games behind, but um, you you can start us off here. Who do you got? Yeah, I'm going with the Niners. Um, even with uh, why am I blanking on Bryant Purdy? Brock, um, Brock Purdy. Brock yeah. Purdy. Brock I mean, Purdy. obviously, like great showing by him showed he can he can go in and win games. Um, I don't think he's like the second coming of Tom Brady uh, or any, you know, maybe he could be, but I'm saying I, we don't know that yet. So I can still see him having a game. I don't know if it'll be this one where it's like he makes some mistakes, uh, mm-hmm. but the Seahawks are kind of reeling right now. Geno Smith's coming down to earth a little bit. Defense is exposed, hurt, banged up. Um, I still like the Niners to get one done here divisionally. I just think top to bottom, better team smothering defense uh, might make life difficult for, for Geno. So. Yeah. Uh, we're in agreement there. I think, um, you know, another injury to Debo, which is not great. It's fortunate enough that it's only going to look like it's going to be three to four weeks. So uh, hopefully he comes back because he's a big part of that offense and another versatile weapon for them. Um, but, yeah, I, I, 49ers here, I think the Seahawks might fade out. I think a team like the Lions could fade in. Um, we'll get to that. But, uh, yeah, I like the, the Niners here on the road, hopefully – we can get uh, a Thursday night game that's fun to watch. And if you go back and listen to last week's episode, 
I said the Rams and Raiders game was going to be one of the more better games on Thursday night. Not to toot my own horn, turns out that was correct. I think that Unreal might have been... pick with the Rams. I have no idea why in the world you like went with that. That would have been the last pick I would have ever picked. But hats off to you. Um, yeah. It, it, before it, Baker too, right? Uh, it was. It was yeah. before Baker. And it was weird because it was honestly an easier pick of mine. Like, uh, it was just something I saw and it felt right. Like, the I should have been wrong. Three-game win streak too. Three-game win streak. I know. I, I just – I, I don't know. I just did not think the Raiders were that great. Their offense has been booming. But it was just one of those weird things. And, I, listen, I was just as – close to losing that game as I won it. So um, you got to get a little lucky there. I definitely did. But for some reason, it was just like instinctual. Like I really I thought back on it when you texted me about it. I'm like, honestly, that was like the first thing I picked. I just home team, whatever. But um, we'll move on here. Uh, Three Saturday games, uh, one, four and a uh, Saturday night game. Uh, Not all pretty good games, honestly. I mean, you got the Colts going into Minnesota. Minnesota coming off a devastating loss. Um, the Colts are just not a great team, put it that way. Uh, I have the Vikings here for numerous reasons. Um, more so, it's a it's a get-back-on-track game for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, their defense is not great. There's a lot of concerns there, but I think in it – Against the team, you know, obviously they got exposed last week, um, you know, as a defense. But when you're facing an offense that just really isn't too, you know, um, you know, nothing special about them, um, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be in position to, to win one of these pretty pretty handily. Cool. Uh, moving on, the 4:30 game on Saturday, Baltimore Ravens uh, nine and four. Travis Huntley went down, or I think that's his name, went down. Brett Huntley, whatever. Uh, went down in the game against Pittsburgh. They still pulled that one out. Um, their defense saved them again. Going into Cleveland, uh, Deshaun Watson looked terrible. Uh, they honestly had a chance to come back and win that game. It was a kind of a winnable game for them, uh, but they lost to the Bengals. Uh, Connor, I'll let you start off with this one. Yeah, this is, I'm actually going to go with the Browns here. Um, I don't think they're going to be winless with, with Deshaun this year. Like, they're going to get one win, uh, at least one win. Uh, I like this to be a, a game. I don't know what's going on with Lamar. I've heard that he may be at another week. Question, I guess just questionable. Um, so probably won't feel great about it if Lamar's playing, if Tyler Huntley's playing. I feel a lot better about it being a low-scoring game where the Browns can tough one out. But I'm going to roll with the Browns this week. Uh, I think it might be a divisional game where they you know kind of get their first win and play spoiler a little bit for, for the Ravens. Yeah, I'm actually in agreement with you. I think the Browns win this game. Um, I just I think the Browns can put up points here. I don't think the Ravens can. Uh, they've been very limited, and um, I don't think Lamar's going to play. I'm going to go off that notion. So I do like the Browns here uh, to, to steal one at home. <clears throat> and then to round out the, the trifecta Saturday games, uh, it's a good one. Miami Dolphins, two straight losses on the West Coast, coming back east to play in what's supposed to be another snowy Buffalo game. They're 10-3. and three. They're back in the one seed. Uh, I have Buffalo here to start. Me and who do you got? Yeah, me too. Uh, I can go with <clears throat> Buffalo too. And I think uh, I think the Dolphins are kind of approaching uh, scary territory for, for them as far as playoffs you know, go. Uh, Patriots get another one this week if, if they do. 
um, and then, you know, Chargers pick up a win or, or whoever, like they're going to be – might be on the outside looking in, which is just crazy to think. Uh, but I do like the Bills here in a, probably a, a frigid game. Uh, I think the Dolphins are just going to have a hard time competing um, in this game overall. Yeah, I mean, this is – I kind of kept saying as we came down the stretch, what are the Dolphins going to be able to do in cold weather? Like that's what it kind of comes down to, and I'm not too sure that they're going to keep up with these teams and having the aerial attack that they've had uh, for the first you know half of the season. So uh, I I'm in agreement with you. I like I think the playoffs and them not making it is definitely a possibility, especially if they lose this game. But uh, we'll move on to the Sunday games. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons five and eight. Uh, Desmond Riddler, Ritter, excuse me, uh, is named the starting quarterback uh, for the rest of the year. Marcus Mariota to the IR. The Saints, another team that just has not put it all together. Their offense has been stumbling. Um, they are at home. Uh, me and I'll let you start with this one. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna go with the Saints here. Um really don't have a strong thought about either of these teams. I don't give a lot of thought to either one. Um, two bad teams. And I'm just going to honestly go with the home team. I think the Saints play a lot better at home mm-hmm. uh, in general. And I think rookie QB making his first <laughs> start uh, on a bad team is, is, a, is a difficult place to be. So I, I can see some magic. You know, I can see him coming in and having a great game. We've seen that plenty of times. Um, but I'm just going to go with what feels right here. So I'm going to go with New Orleans. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm also uh, going with the Saints. I think that uh, to I, – I, I just think Desmond Ritter, his first start playing against a good Saints team, that's tough. Um, a good Saints not, team? Good. A, a good defense? I think their yeah. defense is still good. Like, I, I, I just think that offense is – <clears throat> has not been able to figure it out. They don't have a true identity. Kamara yeah. hasn't even been able to get going. Um, and when you put more pressure on the defense, yeah, they're they're not going to look as good. But I, I think if your offense is, is better, they could have been a decent team. But yeah. um, a game that I'm not very much interested in watching, um, nope. same as you. Uh, and I think this next game is also falls into that category. 12-1 and Eagles on the road playing against the 3-10 and Bears. I feel like the Bears are not this bad, but they end up with three wins, 13 games in. That's just, I don't know, with Justin Fields playing, it just felt like they've been better. I think the Eagles have a very good shot at finishing 16-1, and and I think they make another uh, step towards that. I think they win pretty convincingly in Chicago on the road. Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> I think you're right. I feel like the, I, I feel like the Bears are not as bad as 3-10. and You know, it's been some injuries and – but just to uh, you know, add salt to the wound for Patriots fans, we lost by 19 points to uh, a three and ten Chicago Bears team this year. So um, just tough, tough yeah. realization. But you got to be honest with yourself. So yep. we're just, you know, we're not talking about the Patriots right now. But anyway, um, so yeah, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going with the Eagles to go 13 one. Okay, um, I think this next game is the game of the week in my opinion. Uh, it's a winner-or-leave-town sort of game. Uh, the Detroit Lions winning five out of six. This team was one and six at one point. They are now six and seven. Um, they, are in my, they are actually at number 10 in my power rankings. I'm actually all in on this team. Like I think they 
<clears throat> they definitely have something there offensively. Their defense has played better these past few weeks. They should have beaten the Buffalo Bills. Um, and they're going into a Jets team where Mike White's banged up. Um, even if he plays, I think the Lions have a, a better offense. And I think the Jets are going to have to get a, a lot of turnovers in this game to win it. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Lions here to win on the road and keep their playoff hopes alive. Me and who do you have? Yeah, I'm going with the Lions too, man. I've been on the, the band. I don't even want to say bandwagon, but I just, I, Jared Goff has gotten a lot of grief. Like it's crazy how quickly things turn around in this league as, as fans, like, like you said, five weeks ago, people were saying dude sucks. He's no chance of like, you know, not going to be a starting quarterback in Detroit. And I'm like, Dude can sling it. <laughs> he's he still can sling it, um, and and they're playing a lot better. I, I like what they're doing there too. Um, Jets defense is great, but I think if anybody's going to be able to score, it's going to be on a great offense like Detroit. So, yeah, I agree with the points that you made, and I'm also on the the Lions here. Okay, um, moving on to a these games, <clears throat> they're just like. They're, they're not fun on the eyes, and then I feel like we're going to have these games and they're going to be a lot of fun to watch, I'm hoping. But another one, the Steelers 5-8 and eight going into the Carolina Panthers, who still have a very fair chance at winning the division, as crazy as that sounds, uh, with five games left, uh, or excuse me, four games left. Um, who do you have here, man? I'm going with the Panthers. Um, <clears throat> Mitch Trubisky got plugged right in. A couple turnovers didn't look good. We've the, the Steelers' offense has only looked even remotely serviceable with Kenny Pickett under center the whole year. Uh, mm-hmm. You take him out of the equation. I don't know. Do you know what's going on? Is he? Is he uh, I'm. I'm not sure. I I didn't watch football this week, so I have to to catch up on it. Um, yeah, but I, don't know I, I know Mitch came in, and if Mitch has to start, then that's definitely going to be an issue. Yeah, if Mitch starts, they, I really don't think they have a chance. They can't score points. Uh, even with Kenny Pickett, I'll, I'll roll with the Panthers here. Um, They've they got something to play for. You know, They've got an identity now. Uh, and I just – I don't want to see Tom Brady not in the playoffs. Uh, but if the Panthers make it, I, I just think that's a, a hilarious story. So I'm going to ride with them here in just hopes that they get one done. Yeah, Um it's not out of the picture, and five, to be bless you to be, to be uh, five and eight and not out of your division is just absolutely ludicrous. Um, you know, you talk about the Patriots at seven and six, pretty much done with their division. <laughs> like it, it's what a joke. I mean, that's got to be one of the worst divisions that's uh, that's played out in. I don't know when. There was a Seahawks bad. team. There was a Seahawks team. Sorry to cut you off. That You're won good. the division at seven and nine. Mm. Uh, under Pete Carroll, I think the right Marshawn Lynch West. game. I think they beat the Saints. It was that game when they played the Saints at home. I could yeah. be wrong, but I think it was that year. It was very early in the Russell Wilson <clears throat> uh, era, or right before. I can't remember, but um, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> Moving on to the Cowboys, ten and three, going into the Jacksonville Jaguars, five and eight. They had a demanding win at Tennessee last week, um, but I'm going with the Cowboys here. I think they are actually a Super Bowl contender, and they did not sign Odell Beckham Jr., but they did sign T.Y. Hilton to a one-year deal out of the goddamn woodworks, mind you. 
Yeah, this was actually I, – I was mulling over this one for longer than I probably expected and longer than other people, uh, you know, especially because these are the kinds of picks that have, uh, you know, elevated me to, to still be in the lead in this uh, Pick'em's League. But, no, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Um, I thought maybe against the div- another division, you know, uh, division rival of, of the Texans that were much better that they could kind of learn from the, you know, kind of film and, and be ready to go uh, against the Cowboys to actually knock them off. But I think the the Dak slander is just it's that it's just slander. I don't think it's that legit. So um, I like the Cowboys here to get one done. Okay, uh, and probably the game that they should just give the Chiefs a win. Uh, I don't think this game should be played out of safety for the Texans. I just think this has got to be the biggest mismatch. I'm, I'm interested into seeing what the line is. I would give the Chiefs like 11 points, maybe more, 13. I, I don't know. I, I just think this is a game where you could you could see Mahomes get out early. I know the Texans have actually been playing teams like tough, but they suck and they just end up losing and they find ways to lose. Um, I'm going with the Chiefs. I, I hope this game just gets ugly early, but um, I, I, I just don't see it going any other way. Yeah, this is the IMG Bishop Sycamore NFL game of 2022. Uh, agreed. The Texans are running a two QB offense in the NFL. Like, what are we doing? Uh, at least they were last week. So, um, yeah, Chiefs go to eleven and three. I think Mahomes is out by the beginning of quarter two. Okay. Um, this is an interesting game. Another toilet bowl game. Uh, <clears throat> Arizona Cardinals, obviously without Kyler Murray the rest of the year, uh, losing his season to an ACL injury. They're at four and nine, playing the Denver Broncos at three and ten. They have been officially eliminated from the playoffs, and Russell Wilson got knocked out last week while he was mounting a comeback to play the Chiefs. Um, I have the Cardinals here. I have no faith in the Broncos, regardless if Russ plays. I'm over his BS. Uh, give me the Cardinals and Colt McCoy. I can't. I can't do it. I cannot do it with these Broncos anymore. Yeah, I can't either, but I'm going to go with the Broncos um, this week. I almost hope Russ doesn't play. I think they have a better chance if he doesn't, just to get some new blood in there. Um, I think they will be more motivated if he doesn't play. So I'm kind of banking on him being out um, and them just, you know, they don't like him. I don't know what it is, but uh, I, I mean, Colt McCoy looked awful. I know he wasn't ready to play, but he was terrible uh, yeah. last night. So um, <clears throat> the Broncos defense is, is comparable, you know, to, to the Patriots in some ways. So I'm going to go with the Broncos to go undone there. Yeah. When you're getting compared to the Denver Broncos of 2022, um, your offense sucks. There's no way to put it. That leads us into the Patriots uh, coming off a Monday night win uh, in large part to their defense um, and rookie running backs. Obviously, they have the injuries of Parker and Stevenson. Hopefully, they progress and are able to go for this Sunday night, or excuse me, Sunday afternoon game. Uh, This is a game that got flexed out of the Sunday night football slot, I think deservingly so. Um, This is uh, another must win for the Patriots if they want to get themselves in the playoffs. Uh, These, you know, they had to win these two West Coast games. Personally, I think they get the job done here, but. We know Bill's success in playing his former uh, coaches, but I still like the Patriots here to not be as stupid as the Raiders. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really just going to do this because, yeah, the Raiders have, have lost 
ugly games, and I just want to believe, like, if they want any chance, obviously, of, of getting in, they have to win this game. So I'm going to ride on that. I want to root for them to get this thing done, to be in a position to even have a chance uh, going into the next couple, you know, division games that they have uh, and the Bengals. So I'm going to go with the Patriots here, too, probably potentially the highest, you know, above 500 that they're going to be the rest of the year. So, mm. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. But uh, the – one of the two four twenty five games, probably the more uh, these both are better on paper, I guess you'd say. Uh, the Tennessee Titans seven and six going into <clears throat> the Los Angeles Chargers at seven and six, probably the hardest game left on the Chargers schedule of the year. Uh, I think the Chargers get it done. I think they have everyone back healthy on the offensive side. I think that's scary for. Uh, the Patriots and the Jets' sake who are chasing uh, or who are all playing for that last wild card seven-seed spot. Uh, and I think I, I like the Chargers here to, to win uh, at home. Yeah, me too. And another tough one uh, for me to pick because I do still believe the Titans will hang in. They're going to win their division. They're going to be a playoff team, um, I believe. And I, I thought there was a chance. Like, I, I didn't feel good about them losing four straight. Um but I think the Chargers are trending in the right direction. They're they're getting healthier offensively, getting healthier, starting to click. Um, so I like them to get one done uh, here as well. Okay, and then the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, nine and four. I think the hottest team in football going into Tampa Bay, uh, who are coming off one of the worst losses probably in Tom Brady's career. Uh, it was only his second time in San Fran, and boy was it a dud. Uh, just uh, it's tough to see Tom kind of play this way I don't think it will be the end but if it is it's pretty sad way to go out if uh, even if they make the playoffs this is a team that does not have uh, uh, Super Bowl aspirations in my opinion too broken Uh, and for all those reasons I like the Bengals I think they're the better team and I think the Bucks are in jeopardy of losing this division as sad as that is to say out loud yeah, yeah, I think yeah, you got to make this pick, emotions taken out of it, um, which, you know, if you use any logic, this really wouldn't even be a game that we'd be discussing if Tom Brady wasn't on the, the Buccaneers. I think this would be a game that we'd be like, yeah, no no chance that, that anyone else wins. So um, going to take the emotion out of it and just going to pick the, the clear, you know, winner here. And I hope Tom surprises me. Yeah, um, he, he's going to have to pick up a lot of the slack, but – um, I just, it's another one of those teams. I'm not as down bad against, uh, this team as I am the Broncos, but just the team that I kept investing myself into week after week and the product has just gotten worse. Um, you know, they, they've just been a very bad team and, um, uh, it's amazing that they're still in the lead for, for their division, but that brings us into the the game that has real playoff implications moving forward. The San Francisco, or geez, I was thinking, I was going baseball there for a second. The New York Giants seven five and one, uh, playing the Washington Commanders, also at seven five and one. The Commanders had a bye week uh, before they tied uh, the same team they're playing on Sunday night. Uh, me and I'll let you get us going with this one. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> rematch of, of the tie, you know, that happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm actually not going to pick a winner for this. I'm actually going to uh, pick a second tie. Um, 
<laughs> That'd be insane. No, that's funny. I actually am in a fantasy league where uh, you can tie, and I tied twice. And I finished in seventh place outside of the playoffs at 6-6-2. Six, six, that's so insane. That shouldn't yeah. be allowed. So I have a weird feeling that might happen here just because I'm picking it. But uh, I, I, I picked the Commanders in this game just because I like them better. Um, I like Tyler Heineke. Um, I like what they're doing. I like the comeback that they've had. It's been super low key. Like they, this team was terrible through five weeks. They were one and four. I, I want to say, and I've just been on their bandwagon. Um, so in a game that's that's tough to pick, I'm gonna ride with them um, here at home. Yeah, I'm actually there with you. Um, I just think they're the better team. The Giants are banged up. Uh, their season might be kind of spiraling down. Saquon has not been healthy. Um, their wide receiver core has been depleted. So. I think the Commanders are the better team. They're more fresh. They're coming off a bye, um, and they're at home. So give me the Commanders uh, in that Sunday night NFC East bout. And finally, uh, a Monday night game that probably at the beginning of the year, ESPN was licking their chops. Now it is a game that uh, probably will not get tuned into all that much. Los Angeles Rams coming off that miraculous Baker Mayfield-led drive win. Uh, playing the Green Bay Packers at 5-8. and eight. It's going to be freezing in Lambeau, uh, and that's why I have to pick the Packers. I just don't think this Rams team is great. I think the Baker Mayfield uh, uh, saga might be done. He might, uh, he might be out of this league within the next two years, um, and I just Damn. don't think... Yeah, I just don't think... League. I just don't think he's a great quarterback. I really don't. Sheesh, two years out of the league. I don't think he's that, like... You see, there's 60 I, quarter... <laughs> there's 70 quarterbacks in the league. You don't think he's top 70? I just don't think he really loves, like, playing football. I think he's the kind of guy that wants to play at a high level. Um, and I just don't see him coming in and playing as a... Like, he could do so much more uh, business decision... You know, business, like not being a backup quarterback, but been wrong before. I just don't see him as a lifer, as a backup, and that's what he would be. Yeah, geez, I almost want him to show out and uh, and win this game now. But that would be against my pick because I'm going to go with the Packers too. I just think you don't believe in him either. LA, huh? You don't believe in him either, right there. I don't believe he's going to be out of the league in two years. My God, the dude's like 26 years old. Yep, he's Fuck. not committed. Uh, no, I'm going to go with the, uh, the Packers, though. I, I don't I don't think the boys from Los Angeles are going to be able to hang in Green Bay, even if it's a ground-and-pound game, like cold-weather game. It's just Packers are built for this. They have to win. They have to – they might be able to get in if they go 3-1, and one, maybe, but they need to go – they need to win out. So um, I like them to get one done here in a winnable game. Okay, so that covers all the picks we had. Um, just what one, we had? right? Just yeah, one was it in a the, toilet bowl game. Was it the Cardinals-Broncos? Yep. Okay, yeah, just one. Uh, I thought we'd have more different picks, but I guess on paper. Uh, well, we both went Browns there, and I think I was expecting you to. And then, or we do have two, because you went Panthers, I went Steelers. Oh, you went Steelers? I did go Steelers, yeah. Oh, okay. um, the Cowboys-Jaguars, like, that's a weird one. Like, I, it's, I just a, it's a game that I definitely could see uh, Jacksonville pulling out. The other ones, I mean, Titans, Chargers, sure, but, like, that Titans offense has been brutal and they they haven't 
been using Derrick Henry down the stretch, which is concerning, uh, especially for fantasy purposes. But um, before I get you out of here, Mian, and we we end the show, um, I wanted to get your take um, on the AFC playoff picture. And I'll add this to our segment as we go down the stretch, kind of uh, an AFC playoff picture and where we see teams lining up and all that. Uh, You got three, seven, and six teams fighting for that last spot. I'll, I'll give you their schedules and you tell me who you think gets this last spot. Uh, Jets are playing versus Lions versus Jags at Seattle at Miami. Then you got the Chargers uh, playing the Titans at home this week. They'll go on the road to Indianapolis, back home versus the Rams, and then on the road against uh, Denver. Definitely the softest schedule left. And then the Pats, probably the hardest. Uh, at Raiders versus the Bengals at home versus the Finns at home and at Buffalo. Um, who do you think takes that last spot in the AFC playoff picture? I mean, in a, in an, in a normal world, I, I think it should be the Chargers. Obviously, it's like they shouldn't lose any of those games. But it is the Chargers, and I think you've called out Braden Staley a lot here, and I have a feeling they're going to shoot themselves in the foot in at least one of those games to make it interesting. Um, If the Patriots can take two of the next four, they're going to be in a decent spot, probably tied up. And I think they've got a couple of tiebreakers, which if they can take maybe specifically the Dolphins game to to up their division record, I think that might be huge in a tiebreaker. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think that, I think that the chargers are, are best positioned to get there, but I wouldn't count out the Dolphins continuing to, to fall and being right in there, like, as far as there might be two positions, you know, two spots open here at six and seven, uh, and four teams vying for it. So, um, chargers to get in and then dolphins are dolphins are pats to hold on. Yeah. I'm going with the chargers. I think as much as I don't like the Chargers and Brandon Staley. I just think that the the schedule favors them so much. Now, if the Titans can beat them, it's going to make things a lot interesting. I mean, as a Patriots fan, like I talked to Matt about this in, in the show, but you got to take this game. This is the must win or your season's over. And then you're going to have to really take two out of the next three. Like your best bet is probably against the Bengals at home. And then the Finns, if they continue to slide and they're coming into Foxborough on a cold day, great. Um, I think that's the most winnable game is the Dolphins. After after this, after this, the Raiders, the Dolphins is the game that is a must win. Tonight. Yeah. Um, and that's a New Year's Day game. Um, and then, you know, hopefully you go into Buffalo and they – they have their playoff spot locked up, but I have a feeling that it's going to come down to the last week for the the one seed between the Chiefs. So uh, you're just getting you're, you're getting crucified on this end of the year schedule. Um, and you know what? I don't feel that bad because you lost to the Bears, uh, and then you lose to a Vikings team that you probably should have beaten. Um, it's tough. Those are the two games that I'm going to look back on and say those are the games you should have won, and we wouldn't have even had to have this discussion um, uh, that we're having now. Yep. Agreed. Um, But that will wrap up this segment and also the show. Uh, Connor, great to have you back. Uh, Ethan, we'll we'll get you on for playoff pick-ems. 
but it's good to have some formalities back and structure. Uh, Connor, yes, always a pleasure. Thanks for everyone tuning in. We'll see you next week. Uh, let's get in the Christmas spirit. Have, yourself, <laughs> have yourselves a good day. Later, and folks. Have a great rest of your week. Bye. Bye-bye.